podcast where we explore good things in Everett, Washington. My name is Garrett Hunt. And I'm Tyler Chisholm. And I'm producer Henry J. Welcome back, Tyler. Yeah. It's, it's good to be back. I saw Ryan Villasanti. Villasanti? Villasanti. Ryan Villasanti at Lowe's yesterday. And he's like, dude, I haven't heard you on the podcast in a while. Uh, did you get fired from Live in Everett? And I thought that was really funny. You were just on temporary probation. I'm back, yeah. <laughs> I got in trouble for, I think I said penis, and we had to put an explicit thing on the podcast. And I think I just got myself kicked off for three more weeks. Oh, jeez. Here we go again. I to put another explicit on here. Well, hey, well, thanks to all of you for joining us on episode number 81 of the Living Everett Podcast, which is brought to you by Milltown Credit Union. Check out their Super Youth Savings account, which offers 5% over the current dividend rate on the first $750, with the rate being 5.35 APY. You can learn more at milltowncu.org or visit them at 3201 Broadway. Okay, so on today's show, let's see if I can remember what we do here. We are going to talk about what's coming up this week in our weekly goodness section. We're going to talk about some super spooky life and Everett stuff. We're going to play an interview with Jim Graco from the Monte Cristo Awards. We're going to play some trivia, Port of Everett tri- trivia. And we're also going to play our fast five favorites from Liz Vogley and Tyler Work. Did I get all that? Yeah, it's action-packed this week. Yeah, that's a lot. Let's get into it. So let's take a look at some events happening around Everett from the Weekly Goodness, a weekly email newsletter we send out every single Monday. So uh, Tyler, why don't you kick us off with your event pick of the week? So Friday night, I'm going to Booping Thai Cuisine, one of my favorite places to eat in Everett. Yeah, I love Booping. But on... It's not every Friday, but they often have like uh, wine tastings and live music there on Fridays. And I'm uh, going to go check it out this weekend. We usually go with our neighbors. So in the back, pro tip, if you go to Booping Thai, make sure to go to the back. It's past the bathrooms. That's where their wine and beer selection is. They have some really legit wine being poured in the back for free samples, and it usually comes with free food, too. And then you can pick out a bottle if you so choose, bring it to your table and enjoy a delicious dinner. Live music from the Jazz Pearls. Uh, it starts at 7 p.m. on Friday. Yeah, I feel like the owner, Noi, there is so generous. I feel he like a so couple generous. different times he's like given us complimentary drinks. And uh, I believe they won Everett's Best Thai Food as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Boo Ping is solid, very solid spot. How, how about you, Henry? What's your pick of the week? Well, I'm not going to this because I'll be in Seattle tonight watching... Uh, Sierra's band Sleepover Club opened for Taco Cat at a sold-out Chop Suey, which I'm very excited for. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. But if I wasn't doing that and it was raining out, which I'm sure it will be, uh, I will be at the Everett Mall because it's uh, trick-or-treat at the Everett Mall. You can walk around the Everett Mall, bring the whole family. It starts at 5 p.m. It's indoors, which is really cool. And um, when I used to work at the Marysville Outlet Mall, uh, we would always have kids coming through into the stores trick-or-treating so it's kind of a cool way to uh to be safe and to be well at least at the outlet mall somewhat dry but at the Everett mall very dry on uh on halloween and i know that you're going to be out on halloween garrett so where are you going to be i i am indeed we're going to use our three-month-old daughter as an excuse to see how much uh free candy we we can score there's a trick-or-treating also going on in downtown everett there is i believe around 30 uh, maybe even more than 30 businesses participating uh, in the downtown Everett core. 
And I believe they'll also be kind of set up uh, with the final destination and more local businesses uh, participating at Wetmore Plaza. Uh, so that is, let's see, this podcast comes out on Halloween on, on Wednesday. So it'll be tonight if you're listening to it right when the podcast comes out uh, from 4 to 6 p.m. Uh, around uh, Wetmore Plaza. Shout out to Downtown Everett Association for organizing all that too, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, uh, DEA. Appreciate it. Yeah, that is very, very cool. Well, uh, it, your daughter's going as a garden gnome, right? Yeah, we're, we're, we got our little garden gnome outfit and uh, it's, I'm not going to lie, it's pretty stinking cute. Well, that's what we picked out this week. For more details and to get the weekly goodness sent to your inbox every Monday, just go to liveinever.com slash subscribe. what's happening in your Everett life this week. On this week's Life in Everett, we'll be telling some spooky ghost stories since it is Halloween. And uh, I believe we actually had somebody reach out and give us a good one. Yeah, Joelle, who's a friend of the show and a friend of ours, uh, she sent over this. It's very long and I'm really excited to read it. A ghost story that I believe was her aunt and uncle. They lived in an apartment in Everett. Sounds scary. And uh, Can you just make sure you do lots of voices? Yeah. So, you want me to read this? I want yeah, you to read it. I'm excited All to right, hear it. here we go. Hopefully, future Henry puts some sort of scary music bed underneath this. It's time for a spooky Everett ghost story sent in by a friend of the podcast, a friend of Livin' Everett, Joelle. Thank you so much, Joelle. Uh, I had the pleasure of pre-reading this. It is frightening. Let's get into it. So my aunt rented an apartment in a big Victorian house down the street from Wilson's on Rucker. Many strange and creepy things happened there, and the house had a general bad vibe about it. One night when I was around 12, I was babysitting my cousins. I was laying on the futon in the living room when I looked through the French door to the kitchen and saw a shadow in the vague shape of a body leaning over the counter. I was frozen with fear but forced myself to close my eyes. When I opened them, it was gone, and I called my mom. My aunt said she'd seen it before and to not worry. That was the only time I saw it, but there were other, much worse, things that happened after that. Another time, we were watching a movie when we could hear stuff in the baby's room getting knocked over. She never actually slept in there, so it was basically filled with boxes that hadn't gotten unpacked. Every time we looked inside the room, there was nothing amiss. My mom was kind of a smartass, and she kept yelling things like, Shut up in there, we're trying to watch a movie. It happened a few more times, then stopped. After the movie, we were walking down the hallway stairs to leave. It was an upstairs unit. When we heard thumping behind us, as if someone was running down the stairs after us, accompanied by a whoosh of air on my neck. I looked behind me, thinking maybe it was my older cousin, who was kind of a prankster, but there was no one there. I pushed my mom through the door, and we both ran to the street. I refused to go back after that. Here's some other creepy things about this house. One of the bedrooms had a window that looked out into a metal chute. In that room, they found a clear, yellowish liquid dripping from the ceiling and some small, sooty handprints on the wall. They had a dog that would stop in front of the eighth step in the hallway where my mom and I got chased. The baby would also crawl up the stairs but would stop there as well. After doing some research at the library, my aunt found out that there was a shooting there in the 20s, and a man was shot dead on those same stairs. My cousin, who was around 8 at the time, was in the creepy bathroom. Every room in the house was creepy. 
when he looked over and saw a little girl in the doorway. He briefly thought that it was his toddler sister, but quickly realized it wasn't. He described her as wearing a white dress and that she had a, quote, different-looking face. After some more research, it turned out that a family had lived there, and the mother died in childbirth. The baby had Down syndrome, and after two years, the father killed her, then hung himself in the closet of her room, the same room where we heard the banging. My cousin did not know any of this information when he had seen the little girl. My littlest cousin was around one when she would talk to the corner of the ceiling for a long period of time. She would also crane her neck to look around the corner to the hallway as if she saw someone, but no one was there. It got so bad to where my aunt accepted help from the downstairs neighbor who claimed to be a psychic. She said that there was some kind of vortex where spirits were entering and did some magic to close it up. Well, whatever she did, it didn't work. In fact, the activity got worse. There were now things getting knocked over and broken when before it was just sounds. They stayed for over a year because it was all they could afford as a family of four with a single mother working part-time. The apartment downstairs below them was vacant once and my mom wanted us to move in because it was such a good deal but I threw a fit about it and threatened to move in with my father. Eventually my aunt and her family moved out but I'm sure that place is still haunted AF. Those are the scariest things that happened. I hope they're worthy of the podcast. They were, Joel. Thank you so much, and happy Halloween, everybody. Here's the ultimate question. Do you guys actually believe in paranormal stuff? I do. What about I, you, I Garrett? I do. Um, I'm indifferent, to be honest. I'm like, I don't know if it really matters if I believe it or not. Like, I, I believe that, sure, like, maybe it's a possibility. Like you hear things like Joel's story where they have these weird circumstances and then they learn that there's actually some history to support it. And it right. does, it makes you wonder, it's like, Hmm, like, you know, I, I, I believe it's possible, but I, I'm not really sure. Hmm. Yeah. It's crazy. Anyways. Uh, Hey, we'd love to hear from you guys. Do you believe in paranormal activity? Uh, we probably won't be playing Marcos stories next week. Uh, we're just kind of doing this fun thing for Halloween today, but we always love hearing from you guys. If you want to drop us a line, if you have uh, ideas for future topics, um, or any feedback for us, leave us a voicemail 425-341-3731 or email us at podcast at liveineverett.com. So we sat down with, uh, Jim Grico from the Monte Cristo Awards last week and uh, we got to talk to him all about the awards which happened last week um, shout out to all the award winners but it was pretty interesting hearing about how uh, the Monte Cristos came about and how they're still continuing on so we're gonna listen to that interview right now I am here with Jim Grieco who is in addition uh, to the chair of the Council of Neighborhoods he was also a co-chair and helped organize the Monte Cristo Awards uh, this year and uh, so, yeah, thanks so much for being here, Jim. Really appreciate it. Thanks. I'm glad to be here. So was this your first year helping organize the Monte Cristo Awards? Um, this is the first year that the city wasn't organizing. I helped last year uh, when the city organized it. There's still a lot of volunteer work to be done. So I help, helped out with that. And as Council of Neighborhoods Chair, I also had to host the event. Oh, okay. Gotcha. And I want to talk a little bit more about... Uh, the necessity of having more volunteers and everything this year, because I know some things changed. But um, I guess first off, for those, you know, we actually talked on last week's podcast a little bit about the Monte Cristo Awards since the uh, 
award ceremony was coming up. But mm-hmm. for those who don't know, maybe if you could give us just kind of a brief overview of what the Monte Cristo Awards are. The Monte Cristo Awards are an annual uh, award that people earn by maintaining their properties uh, in, uh, in excellent condition. Uh, well, they're nominated by their neighbors. You don't even necessarily know you've been nominated till someone knocks at your door and takes an extra picture of your house or you, know, you get an email or a mail, letter in the mail from the city. Um, we have four categories, a green gardening, uh, uh, neighborhood business, uh, pride of the neighborhood, and then the rejuvenation category. Green, green uh, gardeners are people who have decided to get rid of their lawn, basically, and put in rain gardens or more native type plants and manage the water running off their, their yard in a much more uh, environmentally friendly state. And neighborhood businesses are businesses that uh, have a pleasing uh, facade, if you will, to the, to the neighborhood. Well, most of them are also socially conscious and do some of the things in addition to just having a, a nice looking area. Part of the neighborhood are folks that have uh, clearly worked in their yards to keep the grass mowed at the right height and uh, put in flowers and shrubs and, and stuff that looks good, just not just in the spring, but all year round. So you always are seeing a, a good year, a good yard in that, that sense. And some of, the, some of the transformations we saw this year were places that possibly had squatters in them when they bought the place. I mean, they're just people that, that buy houses that are just very, very sad and turn them around in a year or two or three and turn them into uh, probably the neighborhood type houses. They're well-maintained, um, nice, pleasing colors for the exterior and really good landscaping. So we had uh, 59 total winners this year. Oh, wow. Um, and over the four categories. Only two green gardening, but the rest of the categories are pretty well represented. Well, it's, it's a really cool um, thing uh, because, you know, it's like the whole broken window window syndrome thing where I, I do feel like someone cleaning up a property, keeping it looking nice, it does affect the neighborhood so much uh, to see someone taking pride in their, their home is always so cool. Have you won an award yet yourself? Uh, no, I'm still struggling with that, but, uh, okay. um, someday, maybe someday, maybe I did try to put a water garden, uh, sorry, a rain garden in, this is my favorite sad story to tell that in order to do that, you have to have, uh, uh, locators come out and check and see where your utilities are underground. They, they paint your lawn and different colors, depending on what's underneath there. And then the city comes out and says, well, this would be a good area right here. Dig me two holes, a foot in diameter and two feet deep. And uh, we'll, we'll fill them full of water and see how take, long it takes for them to, to drain out. And I did that, and the water filled up the hole before I got it dug. Mm, Clearly, my lawn was too, my yard is too wet to be a rain garden. It's already a rain garden all by itself, apparently. But Uh-oh. So, oh. But uh, anyway, I, it was a fun process to go through. And I'll someday maybe get the drainage fix and be able to do that. Yeah, there you go. So what happened uh, with the... Exactly, with the city having to cut funding with with uh, the Monte Cristo Awards this year, and my understanding is is yourself and and basically citizens had to kind of step in and, and take over to make sure that it still happened. Right, all the city city um, uh, departments were asked to, to find things that they could save money on, and the Office of Neighborhoods recommended two things: stopping the mailings of postcards and newsletters, and no longer funding the actual Monte Cristo event. They would still have Monte Cristo awards because that is fairly inexpensive in, in terms of uh, staff time. There's a, there's a nomination process, uh, a group of volunteers from the community 
get together and look at the pictures and decide which ones are the winners, and the city would notify them, and it would be either at a neighborhood meeting or maybe some other event that uh, we would give them their awards. That was a, the, mayor, uh, the mayor and the uh, office of neighborhoods thought. City, the council neighborhood said, no, we like the big award in the theater, and so we're going to take it. We're going to take this bull and run with it. So, um, so it was the council and neighborhoods that took it over. Yeah. Gotcha. Yep. And so uh, Tina Hokinson and Andrea Tucker and I became the three co-chairs. And uh, most of the folks that sit in the council neighborhoods were able to help volunteer. And some folks had conflicts and stuff and couldn't do it. But we had, we had a lot of uh, volunteers from the council neighborhoods and also from their respective uh, neighborhoods. So it was a really well-volunteered time this time around. Nice. Very good. Well, yeah, think, thanks to you and the other volunteers for stepping up and, uh, you know, allowing the event to still happen. And uh, so th- this being the first year that you guys had to kind of step up and take it on yourselves, how'd it go? It went great. Um, I think the biggest saving grace was that the Historic Everett Theater, uh, Kurt, whose last name I don't remember, volunteered the theater. Oh, wow. Gave it to us for free. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, so um, he was just amazing. Uh, and then, uh, you know, people went out and sought donations. We got uh, both financial donations and in-kind donations to put up the stuff. that. So we had all the things that we normally would have at a uh, Monte Cristo award ceremony, but the city only had to provide the plaques and the certificates. They didn't have to spend all that staff time and bringing things to the theater and setting it up and doing all that. We had all volunteers for that. Nice. And the big event was just last night when you guys gave out the awards. Were there any... Uh any favorites that stood out to you? Um, there are also such beautiful uh, homes. And uh, uh, the nice part about it is pretty much every neighborhood in the city was represented. There were a couple that didn't get nominated nominations. Um, but we try to do uh, at least one or two from each neighborhood that, gets, that has a nomination as far as awardees go. Um, and so the, the, everyone really likes to... The, re, the transformation, the rejuvenation ones, because the first picture we show is the one that the county website has. Mm. Uh, the, for your, when you look, at, if you look up your taxes, you can see a picture of your house at sure. the time you bought it. Right. And then follow that with the picture of what it's like today, or in the past few months anyway. And it's just a huge difference. Some of those homes look like they're ready for the bulldozer, and now they're looking like you can sell them for a million bucks. Right. Yeah. I feel like the before and after. A side-by-side comparison is always so powerful. That's yeah, it's always really cool to see. Now, who who chooses the actual winners? Um, everybody can nominate, and the best way to nominate now is online. And we'll talk about that later. But um, we have a group of folks. We ask for volunteers from the community and from the council neighborhoods to uh, just sit in a room with a slide projector, well, uh, a, a PowerPoint projector nowadays, and uh, um, we put them up on the wall, and you thumbs up or thumbs down, and if you get enough votes, you win, and you, we just go to the next one. Gotcha. So it's a, it's a, it was a marathon. It was five hours of oh, looking wow. at slides of, of houses and businesses. But uh, we got through all of them. I think there were 180 nominations. We came out with 59 winners. Okay, nice. So roughly about a third of the ones that got nominated then. Right. Okay, yeah. nice. And uh, have the awards taught you anything about Everett? or any kind of observations you've made through this process? Well, it has showed me that it doesn't matter where you live in Everett because the entire city participates. Um, and there are beautiful homes in every single neighborhood. People talk about, you know, the whole, the Northwest is the ruling uh, neighborhood, but 
really. Yeah, sure, there's maybe more per capita money there, but um, it doesn't take money to make a beautiful home. It helps, but um, just sweat equity will do the same thing. So a lot of folks that are maybe in, in uh, less privileged neighborhoods still end up getting awards because their houses are just as good as anywhere else. Hmm. That's really cool. Yeah. So will the award ceremony be back again next year? As far as I can tell. If I have anything to do with it, it will be. Awesome. Um, but we need people to nominate. And so the city website has a nomination form, uh, everywhide.gov slash Monte Cristo. And you can go on there and, and submit your uh, description of the home that you're nominating and the address, and we'll take it from there. And do those does that nomination page stay open year-round, or is it only during like a certain time of year when you can nominate? It's open year-round. The 2019 nominations closed on June 1st. So you have to, until then to get that done. Most of the nominations come in in the spring when people have got their yards freshly mowed and all the flowers are blooming and the trees have leafed out. So um, that's when we get most of the mm-hmm. uh, nominations. Very nice. Um, so any tips for anyone out there who's hoping to win a Monte Cristo award uh, someday? There are some homes that are kind of over the top, but really a, a home that is well-maintained um, and has year-round color would be a, the two points that I would say. Mm, that's good. Good, yeah. good tips. Take, take the, uh, the grass out, out of the cracks in the driveway too. That helps. There you go. That's a good one. I love it. Cool. Well, uh, anything else you'd like to share? Uh, no, I hope to see more folks uh, get nominated next year. It'll make more work for the team to select, but uh, it'd be nice to have every single represented, every single neighborhood represented. There were a couple that didn't have any this year and hopefully they'll get that taken care of. Do you, do you remember the couple that, that weren't represented at all offhand? Um, I know Westmont was one, okay. and I don't remember anyone from Silver Lake, but I could be oh, mistaken. That's surprising. Yeah, there might have been one from Silver Lake. but Okay. All right, Westmont and Silver Lake, get with the program. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And what was that URL once more where people can nominate? It's everettwa.gov slash Monte Cristo. Perfect. Well, hey, thanks so much, Jim. Really appreciate it. All right. You guys are welcome. It was a great time. All right. So next up, we had uh, city council candidates, Tyler Rourke and Liz Vogeli, on the podcast the other week. And while they were here, we also did a couple rounds of five fast favorites with them. And so next, we're going to play those interviews uh, to hear from each of them on what their uh, five favorites are. We're going to do the new Five Fast Favorites. You're the second person to ever do the new Five Fast second? Favorites. Second? Oh, man. If only I could be first. I know. Well, <laughs> go yell at Alex Lark, I guess. He was number one. <laughs> so uh, what we're going to do is we're going to give you five questions, put 60 seconds on the clock, and if you answer all five within 60 seconds, you win a prize. What? You win a prize. So you do win a prize. So are you ready? I'm I'm ready. All right. All right. I'm going to hit, I'm going to tell you when to start. Do you want to read the questions and I'll watch the timer, Henry? Yeah, sounds good. All ooh, right. All at cool. once. I have to remember all six. What's that? I said, <laughs> ooh, all at once. I have to remember all six. Okay. Ready. All right. Okay. In three, two, one, go. What is your favorite place in Everett to tell friends about? The uh, skating rink. Favorite place to get outside in Everett? Forest Park. Favorite place. Uh, what is your favorite place in Everett? Oh my gosh. My house. <laughs> what is your uh, uh, favorite place in Everett for like an annual event? Um, What's your favorite annual event in Everett? The art, the shoot, it's the art thingamadeal down at the port. Fresh paint. Yeah, that yeah. one. <laughs> what is your favorite we hidden, got you. hidden gem in Everett? The Blues Brothers on El Capitan. 
I had, yeah. Yeah. What, what is that one? The well, hold on one sec. We well, def- she definitely blew it out of the water. That yeah, was about like 34 w- seconds. But right. What the is Blues this? Brothers. Yeah. I just found it because I've been doorbelling. And actually, no, it was while I was on a police uh, ride along. Oh, this is over in Eastmont, right? Um, <sighs> over it? by El Cap. Uh, yeah. yeah. You're talking about, is it the auto place that yeah. has like the Blue Brothers? Yeah. Blues Brothers? Yeah, I'm that's hoping cool. it's in Everett. Yeah, it is. Well, I think it's un- unincorporated technically. Dang it. But it is. Uh, it is over by where Marion Martin used to live. All oh, over okay. the band, all over all farming that you play in, Henry. Yes. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's all unincorporated, but it is. It's right. It's on Everett. The edge. I mean, I consider it Everett. Yeah. So cool. it's kind of like Silver Lake area. What What is this? It's an auto place. It has the Blues Brothers outside? Yeah. There? There's actual. It's on top of the building, kind of like you see down um, near the Union Hall or right, like the, the Muffler Hall. Man. Yeah. Yeah. But it's Jake and Elwood. Very cool. Man. Yeah, it is cool. And that's such a cool little neighborhood over there. It is. It really is. Now, that's a true hidden gem. So, uh, yeah, you, you win a prize. What's the prize? What's the prize? Um, well, we have, you have the bag ready? There we go. The bag is ready. You can pick a prize out of the oh. reach into the bag. bag. You can't look. Mystery. Can't look. Well, you, you're not so, supposed to look, not but supposed we won't. To. We don't care if you look. It's an audio podcast. People can't see. All right, here we go. It is a Live in Everett oh, license good. plate Oh, good. I frame. like it. Good. good things happen here. Hopefully you have a car to put that on. If I not, do. Okay. I do. <laughs> good. <laughs> I do. Some of our guests just uh, just ride the bike in public transit. So. Well, that's also very good to do, but I do indeed have a car. It helps with children and getting places. Totally. For sure. <laughs> and we're going to play some uh, Five Fast Favorites. Yep. So we're going to put 60 seconds on the clock. You got the time. Do you want me to read or do you want me to I'll, keep track? I'll uh, watch the time. I'm just pulling up a stopwatch right now. All righty. If you guys are ready, I'm ready. Ready to go? Born ready. All right. Three, two, one, hit it. What is your favorite place in Everett to tell friends about? Toggles. What is your favorite place to get outside in Everett? Where is your favorite place to go get outside? Pigeon Creek Park. What is your, what is your favorite place in Everett? Live in Everett. This room. Right here. (laughs) (laughs) What's your favorite annual event in Everett? Annual event in Everett. Fourth of July parade was a lot of fun. There we go. And your favorite hidden gem in this fair city? I already mentioned Pigeon Creek Park. So Forest Park. You know, a lot of people don't go up to Forest Park. It's huge. Everybody knows the name, but it's a hidden gem. Boom. Less than 40 seconds. That's pretty good, Tyler. Um, I agree with you about Forest Park. In fact, my wife Laura and I were just talking about it. We were driving along Mukilteo Boulevard and uh, yeah it's an amazing just like that that road is amazing like Mukilteo Boulevard with like that stretch of it next next to Forest Park totally it's pretty agree. darn amazing anyway you want a prize let me grab the uh, tote bag of mystery dig deep that actually we were talking about gooey ducks yeah I've heard I heard that gooey duck means dig deep Oh, wow. So there you go. Funny to hear you say that. I got some great pins here. You got a button pack. Wow, the Muffler Man, Milltown, Everett, Washington, and uh, should say it. classic Everett, Washington, and sort of a Coca-Cola yep. color theme. Mm-hmm. There you go. I like it. Yep. This Hopefully is, you have a jean jacket or something to put those on. Denim? Yeah, uh, a Cana- denim jacket. Canadian tuxedo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. That's exciting. Enjoy those. Maybe your kids will like it is time for Everett Trivia. This week is the first round of the Port of Everett Trivia. So we want to give a big shout out to the uh, Everett Public Library for uh, supporting us through 10 weeks of trivia. Now it's time for the Port of Everett. 
So thank you so much, Port of Everett. Tyler, Garrett, are you ready? Born ready. I think so. I'm really interested to see what they came up with. Well, I feel like I'm going to get a lot of wrong answers. <laughs> let's see what happens. Um, here we go. Question one. What year did citizens of Everett vote to create the Port of Everett? A, 1918. B, 1912. C, 1928. Or D, 1908. What year did the citizens of Everett vote to create the Port of Everett? Uh, this is a total guess on my end, but I guess 1918. I guess 1928. Garrett is correct. It was 1918. Nice. Oh, Mine was a total guess, too. Oh, yeah. I, I thought the that. answer would be boat. <laughs> Just answer boat for every question. <laughs> You're bound to get something right, I'm sure. Um, and what year did the Mount Baker Terminal open? The Mount Baker Terminal. 2011, 2001, 2008, or 1999? What year did the Mount Baker Terminal open? Again, total guess because I'm not even sure we're not up on where port. the Mount Baker Terminal is exactly. But uh, I guess 2001. I guessed what the hell is the Mount Baker Terminal? <laughs> you terminal? Don't, you don't, I'm just don't. kidding. <laughs> uh, 1999 is my guess. It's 2008. Ooh, we're both Ouch. wrong. Yeah. We'll have to do some digging into the Mount Baker Terminal. I'm not really too sure what that is. I'm guessing it's one of their terminals. It's probably a terminal. Yeah. yeah, it's probably, you know, like the... A lot of people don't... When they think about the Port of Everett, they think about like the marina and all of that. But the real meat of the Port of Everett is the commercial. Right. You know. It's the stuff that we can't go and, and yeah, see. Yeah, totally. Right. So. It's all like fenced off and everything. So yeah. we don't have a lot of context. That's my excuse. Yeah, right. <laughs> Who was the first yacht club on the Everett waterfront? The Muckleteo Yacht Club. The Everett Yacht Club. The Snohomish Yacht Club. The Jetty Island Yacht Club. Who was the first yacht club on mm. the Everett waterfront? Michael Teo, Everett, Snohomish, or that's, Jetty Island? That's a good, good question. I feel like it's not going to be Everett because it how seems I feel too, too obvious. So I keep saying my guess is first. You say your guess first this time, Tyler. For the same reason that you're feeling, because I feel like it was probably before, like when our whole waterfront was just uh, mills and whatnot, you know? Right. I'm going to guess Michael Teo for that reason. That's, I guessed Michael Teo as well. It's the Everett Yacht Club. Damn. Uh, it was too obvious. They got you. <laughs> Way too early. obvious. Well, I think, Garrett, you, you won that one. I won by zero, getting one of them. Zero for three. Yeah, you, this is going to be a tough tough one, these Port of Everett trivia you, questions. You won by guessing. Help us support Live in Everett with a donation to our Patreon. Even a dollar a month helps us deliver stories, videos, and this podcast about the good things in Everett every single week. Want to know more? Head on over to patreon.com slash live in Everett to donate today and help support Live in Everett. And thanks for hanging out on the Live in Everett podcast. If you enjoy the podcast, please help others discover it as well by subscribing on Apple Podcasts and leaving a review. If you'd like to drop us a line, you sure can. Podcast at liveinever.com or you can leave us a voicemail at 425-341-3731. And thanks to all of you for joining us today. Special thanks to Oliver Elf Army for our theme music, to our producer, Henry J, and uh, to everyone else who we played interviews from, uh, Tyler Work, Liz Vogley, and uh, Jim Greco. Remember, good things... Wait, wait, wait. You know what? I haven't done this for a couple of weeks, and it's Halloween. I haven't gotten any... Oh, hold on. Before your wait, I have another wait. I, I should thank Joelle for her ghost story, too. Oh, yeah. Thanks, yes, Joelle. That was pretty awesome. So Joelle. thank you, Joelle. All right, help us understand our podcast analytics by texting me a vampire to uh, a vampire emoji to 
3441727 a vampire emoji to 4253441727 good things happen in Everett because of you so thanks so much for listening and being a part of this wonderful city have a great week everyone goodbye this is why we're ever till the grave